You are now listening to Mike's Opinion, Logic Unleashed. That's right, you are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well today. Christmas is but a mere few weeks away, and I hope we know the reason for the season, right? And it doesn't matter really what you believe in. What I'm referring to is kindness and giving and togetherness. That's what I'm referring to when I say the reasons for the season. Yes, it seems like people are a little more kinder, right? around the holiday times. Well, you wouldn't know that if you read the news. You know, I live in a suburb of Dallas and, you know, a couple of road rage murders, which is insane to me. I digress and I'm digressing early, but how are you doing? I really hope you're okay. I hope the Omicron, the latest variant of the COVID-19 does not come your way. My understanding is it's here. It's been here, maybe, in the United States. There's probably going to be other variants. And I've come to the realization that, just like the flu, COVID's not going to be eradicated and gone. Or, or let me rephrase it. I'd be surprised if it was. Lots of news going on. We're not going to talk about that today. This is not an update episode. Um, as you see by the title of the episode, this episode is about regret. I wanted to touch on regret as a preface to next week's episode, which is going to be the year review episode. So we're going to go over all the top highlights of, uh, of what happened, uh, you know, Mike's opinion podcast style. So regret, you know, I can't say anything in particular prompted me to think about that. I have a list, a growing list, um, as they come to mind of things that I think will make good podcast episodes, good subject matter. And of course, you know, it's Mike's opinion. So it's things that I I like um, talking about, you know, and you know, I've talked about all kinds of stuff from circadian rhythms to romance, to lotteries, to the stock market and NFTs, you know, just scour the 80 plus episodes and, um, and check them out. By the way, please like, share, support, comment, subscribe, do all of that wherever you can. I, I need the support and I appreciate the support. Thank you to all those that have. I truly appreciate it. So whenever I do a, um, uh, an episode about a specific topic, you know, I always like to just venture into, the definition first, right? And regret can be a verb or a noun. And I'll go, go over the verb first. The regret as a verb is, uh, you know, you feel sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or a missed opportunity. For example, she immediately regretted her words. And then there's a noun. Regret as a noun, a feeling of sadness, repentance, or disappointment over something that has happened or been done. So the noun and the verb don't vary much from each other. 
So that's just the basic definition of regret. I have regrets. I have regrets. And I'll be more than happy to share that with you and, and, you know, willing to admit that. I'm not ashamed that I have regrets. I am ashamed and regretful of some of the things that I've done. Some of the choices that I've made. Now, I'm not going to go into any um, detail about my regrets. I'll just let you know that I do have them. According to the research I've done, and yes, as you know, I do prepare for every and uh, any and every episode that I do deliver here, you know, because it's important to me to have some substance behind my work. While this is Mike's opinion podcast, and it is my opinion, my, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's, um, you know, an educated guess is a hypothesis. What's an educated opinion? I like to, to, to provide an informed opinion, I guess is what that is. Something that has, has substance and clarity and uh, facts behind it. And then, you know, ingest it, interpret it, and then lend my opinion to that. So things that I regret, I think about often. You know, I tell my son, my young son, I've told my, my grown daughter, you know, own your tragedies and your triumphs. And for me, what that means is be honest, be true to not only yourself, but to everyone you encounter. Now, I've been accused of being too honest, too transparent. And I like living in my truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And from my research, it seems like we, we, you know, the vast majority of us have that. Now you look at the famous people out there and, and it seems like they have no regrets, right? They've, they've achieved a level of success, you know, fame and or fortune and they, you wonder, you wonder, do they have regrets? Of course they do. <laughs> I recently learned that there's a petition out that's been signed uh, upwards of last I checked a few days ago was 18,000 people. And they're asking Will and Jada Smith to stop, stop purging, stop telling people stuff because they've been telling all lay business. And I love it. I respect it. And it goes back to what I was just saying. Live in your truth. And if you are a public figure, and and Jada Will and Jada Smith have reached enormous heights of fame and popularity, so they have a following. They have people that are vested or invested emotionally and, and have a sincere interest in them. I think it's great that they feed those fans their truth. And even some of their most private and intimate details Assuming it's all true and not fodder just for red table talk and not just good drama or good theater. Who knows, right? Seems honest to me. For their fans sake, I hope it is honest. For me though, 
I'm not famous yet. Maybe you're going to make me famous. But to be honest, I'd like to, and I mentioned this, I think, a couple episodes ago, I'd like to, to blow up and keep my anonymity. But that's an oxymoron, right? You can't, I can't do that. You can't be famous and anonymous unless you are like anonymous, like the hacker group anonymous. They're famous and nobody knows who they are. <laughs> but uh, this isn't, isn't that. So I think about my tragedies and my triumphs. I don't wallow in them. I don't drown myself in them, even though I think about them often. It's just that, you know, I think those are learning moments, things that you don't want to repeat, things that you, mistakes even, you can call the, you know, regrets. But in certain instances, I wish I would have never done something that I did. Certain other instances, I wish I would have said something with a little more tact, a little more care, a little more sensitivity, a little more empathy and compassion instead of being as direct as I can sometimes be. There's some things that you just can't take back. No matter how much you try, they're irreparable. You cannot fix it. And because, to my knowledge, there's no time machines, we can't go back in time. So you have to live with that regret. Now, you hear some people say, no regrets. I think that's, that's got to be bullshit, right? How you go, if you do something wrong or wish you had done something differently, you know, how do you live without? Think wishing you did something differently. Now, people, some people say, well, if I hadn't done that, it wouldn't have made me who I am today. I don't know. That's, that's relative. It depends on what it is. And it made it made you a better version of who you are today. Right? Yes. So in the instances where I could, I have apologized where I definitely know I needed to. And I am forever apologetic about that even though I have apologized and going forward with my life I do reflect on occasion and that is a reminder for me how to improve myself and how to not do those same things again while doing the research for this, and I, I'm going to put some links in the show notes, I've been remembering to do that. So it's become more of a thing that I remember to do. So um, I'm going to try to go back. And uh, if you listen to some of the audio, I'm trying to fix audio. I'm trying to bulk up the show notes. Eventually, I'm going to be in need to hire somebody to start managing some of the aspects of my podcast as it continues to grow. But... In some of the research that I've done, a lot of it led to, to the words and sentiments of the dying, of those that were on their deathbeds. And even though my research genuinely led me in that direction, I was looking, I was going to go searching for that. I didn't have to, though. My research just led me there, the path that I took. And, you know... 
Unless they just real evil and spiteful. You probably can take to heart the words of a dying person. What do they have to lose? You know, those in hospice, those that are terminally ill, those are, are that can feel death pursuing them swiftly. They don't have anything to lie about, right? So I'm going to share some of those things with you because um, there were there were common threads. I pulled out all the common threads from from a bunch of different sources, and there were definitely some commonalities of things of of regrets that people that were dying had. Now some regrets linger, like I said, even mine have. They they hang on um, for years. And it can return to be a daily part of your life or a weekly part or monthly part, you know, or even just in an occasional. But like I said earlier, you can't really let those fester. Well, it has an ill effect on you where it becomes like a, a cancer and, and frustrates you and makes you miserable because you can't go back and change that. Like I said, you can apologize where the situation warrants that. Where the situation allows that, you can, you can go back. Like, um, I know, um, several people that have completed 12 step programs for alcoholism, right? And they, and I've never personally done that. Um, for fortunately, I've been able to control alcohol. I don't even drink anymore. Um, but I mean, on occasion, if it's a, uh, an occasion, but I just don't drink as a hobby or a daily thing or anything like that. But, and I know I'm not knocking anybody that does. Do you. Do you. Okay? But in a 12-step program, they have to, one of the steps, my understanding is, to go and apologize to everyone that you've hurt. you got to seek them out and apologize. And if you're not naturally apologetic or genuinely, I, I would imagine that would be, that would be very tough. There's a study um, by a Cornell psychologist named Tom Gilovich and um, a psychology professor named Shai Davida, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, and they say the solution is not to uh, repress the thoughts or to take on some kind of delusional, no regrets bravado, as I was talking about earlier. You know, you, you might be better off just, like, just getting in there and, and confronting those things honestly with yourself. I, I know to some, it might sound strange, but thinking to myself is very effective. Reflecting. And sometimes after a shower or something like that, you know, if there's something on my mind, I'll look at that guy that I see in the mirror and uh, I'll talk, you know, at my reflection and look myself in my eyes. I can't say it's more effective, but you you know how it is when you look somebody in your eye, in their eyes. When you look somebody in their eyes, have you ever looked yourself straight in your eyes? First of all, it's kind of difficult to do. You can only really do one eye at a time. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, look in your own self in the eye. Being able to look 
at yourself in the mirror and live with all the choices you've made and forgive yourself where you need to, which can be real, real tough. I mean, to truly forgive yourself. And that doesn't mean escape culpability or responsibility, but to forgive yourself. That doesn't mean you don't learn from it. That don't, doesn't mean you don't regret it. That doesn't mean you don't, um, feel strongly about it, but you've allowed yourself to be forgiven. And if you're lucky, maybe if there was anybody else involved, they have truly forgiven you. Because forgiveness, wow, it's, 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 it's very powerful to be able to forgive. And some people say, forgive and forget. Does forgiveness involve forgetting? Do you have to forget in order to forgive? I don't think so. Because there's a saying that goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because if I let you get me twice, that means even though I've forgiven you, I didn't learn from that. You know what I'm saying? Life is full of choices. Constantly, daily, we have to choose what to wear, where to go. What to eat? Who to trust? There's so many, so many choices come with uncertainty. Things that we have to, to gamble on, right? Yeah. Some regrets involve things that you wonder what would have happened if I had chosen differently. What would have happened? If I did the other, if I turned left instead of right, there was a movie, and I can't recall the name, maybe Memento, maybe. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But I remember this movie, and it was confusing to watch if you weren't paying very close attention. It, it switched scene by scene by scene, and I'll explain what I'm talking about. It showed a man and a woman, separate lives, what happened in their lives when they got off the train and turned left and what happened if they turned right. So, for example, it would show the scene when the person turned left and would go into what happened. The next scene, it would show when they went right and go into what happened. And at each storyline progressed, it would flip-flop scenes. So if you wasn't paying attention, close attention to what was happening in those scenes, you would could easily get lost. So I think that's probably why the movie wasn't that successful. And I say it's not successful. I don't hear people talking about it. It's all a movie. 
uh, years, maybe even a decade or so old, if, if not more. But seemingly small decisions, small choices can have a profound effect on our lives and huge impacts, things that we think mean nothing. Yeah. In that research I was telling you about, um, they say no life will ever be completely clear of opportunity for regret. Opportunity for regret. And those could be missed opportunities, poor judgment calls, uh, failed relationships. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Of these things that we could be regretful about. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I pulled from several resources a list that dying people, people on their deathbeds, wish they could have changed. Things that they regretted. One um, very well-known example is um, from a book called The Top Five Regrets of Dying. And it's from an Australian palliative carer named Brownie Ware. And she, of course, I believe helped hospice people, you know, help people transition in their dying days. Very popular, popular book. And those five were on part of another list that I pulled. Anyway, I've compiled 12 things that most dying people say, the top 12 things dying people regret. And I want to share this list, but before I do, I'd like you to listen closely to this list. As you know, I want to affect this world positively, and I want to share these things in the hopes of Helping you, of helping the world, of contributing positively. Because if we listen to these 12 things, and if it makes you reflect a little bit and maybe change some things in your life for what I hope to be a happier life for you, then that's, that's, then I'm fulfilled. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast. And that's just the type of person I am. So. Um, the first of the 12 that a lot of dying people have said is, I wish I'd spend more time with the people I love. And you'll find that a couple of these deal with time. Growing up in New York City, I just, I can't tell you how valuable that was to me. Just as a kid, the things that you learn quick. And one of the things I learned quick is that time is not guaranteed for anyone. I learned very early, at an early age, that any time you can go. I learned that, sadly, from watching people of all ages die around me. And I won't get deeper into that, but I, I did learn that quick. And that's, that's one of the things that dying people regret. They wish they had spent more time with the people that they love. 
Number two is I wish I had worried less. Some say worry is just using your imagination to create the things you don't want, which I thought was cleverly worded. Worry is different from concern. And that's why when I'm talking to family and friends or business colleagues, I always say that concerns me or I'm concerned. Worry is when you allow concern to become extreme and affect you negatively, in my opinion. That's what worry is. Worry, worry is just each what. Having concern for something and addressing that concern to me is a, a better way to face challenges. Number three on the list is I wish I had forgiven more. Talked about forgiveness earlier. It takes a real strong person to say, I'm sorry. To say, I apologize. And you got to be even stronger than that to truly forgive them. To forgive somebody. To forgive and to let go and to free yourself from a lasting grudge. It's tough. It's tough, especially... You know, I've heard and and seen court cases where a very close person to someone that has been murdered confronts the murderer and forgives them. Now, I don't know what's in their heart, but it seems genuine and... Even if it's not, to say it out loud to the murderer's face and make them believe that you forgave them, to me, that's that's huge. You know, but just like worry, when you hold that animosity for someone, it's fucking you up. Not forgiving them. It's messing you up. It ain't really doing nothing to them. Well, I guess maybe it could be, depending on the situation, right? They could really wish you forgive them and move on. So there's probably lots of instances like that. But to forgive somebody that did something like real, real bad and truly forgive them and let that go. It's tough, but it can be done. I've done it. And I've been stabbed in my back. But I let that go. I let it go. That's on them. Okay. And then the person's apologized. But, you know, I just, um, I think letting go is very important. Number four is I wish I had stood up for myself. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been, you know, silenced or you've been bullied or even physically abused or mentally abusing? And, and, you know, you look back and say, man, I wish I would have stood up for myself. Right. Well, K 
can't change the past, but you can change your present and your future. And you can vow to yourself to never, ever be a victim in that situation again. Never to be silenced. Never to be bullied. Never to be threatened or whatever the case is. But, you know, lying on a, on a deathbed, having that regret, that's gotta be tough, right? Thinking that, you know, living with that, you know, but bullies usually are a certain type and they got their own set of problems, which contributes to why they are a bully. So you can have forgiveness for them. You can have pity for them that they need to be that bully in order to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Number five on this list of regrets from people on their deathbeds or, you know, um, yeah, regrets from people on their deathbeds. Uh, number five is I wish I had lived my own life. You ever seen somebody living for someone else? Now, that might sound a little selfish, right? Because if you become a parent and you decide to, to have children, or even if you didn't decide, but you find yourself with children, you live for those children. Now, some people do not. Some people say, yeah, I got them kids, but I'm going to still do me. I don't live like that. My life is focused around my children. Whenever I've had kids, they are the number one priority. I've had to sacrifice shit that I wanted, shit that I wanted to do, and a variety of other things. Happily sacrifice those things. Not regretfully, not in resentment, but glad because of the joy that my children have brought to me. And that's just a fact. I, I, like, love is too weak to define in the words of the, the deceased artist, Prince. Rest in peace, Prince. I hope you're in purple heaven. But living your own life, being true to yourself is important, which brings me to number six. Number six says, I wish I had been more honest. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, living in your truth and accepting yourself. A lot of people like to put on these airs like they this and that. And sometimes society dictates it. We got to act like a certain way in a certain business environment or at a certain event or around certain people for whatever the reason. And there's a myriad of reasons. But being honest, you ever heard that saying honesty is the best policy? Yes, it most definitely is. And sometimes you got to own that when it's tough to do so. Sometimes owning owning your honesty is tough. And nowadays, I'll give you an example. Dave Chappelle, famous comedian. He's living his truth and his honesty. But there's 
this, what they call cancel culture and, you know, backlash bounty, if you will. I just coined that backlash bounty. You know, these bounty hunters looking for you to say something wrong. And if you don't say nothing wrong now, they'll look back 10, 15, 20 years and see if you said something wrong then. Like you can't change, grow and evolve. You said this 20 years ago, you're canceled. The hateful people out there, they are truly hateful people out there. You know what I'm saying? Number seven is I wish I had worked less. Now that one surprised me a bit that was on the list to hear dying people say that because I've known this for a long time, right? And some have accused me of being lazy, which I am not. More um, definitively, some old teachers. Not working to your full potential, which is actually on this list. But working less has always appealed to me. And let me tell you why. So there's Earth. Just say the planet. Beautiful planet. Habitable planet. Rife with life of all sorts and beauty that sometimes defies comprehension. Was I put here to spend years and years and years and years and years and years and years working in school, to finish school, to spend decades and decades and decades and decades working five out of every seven days and 48 out of every 52 weeks, if you include vacation time and holidays, No, not in my opinion, and this is Mike's opinion, but I wasn't putting on this life or fuck that, fuck that. So when I saw this, I wish I had worked less. Number seven on the list of, of, of dying people's regrets. Hey, if you're passionate about something, it's not really work. If, it, if you're doing something you love, but so often, many people are not doing the things they love. They're not working for fulfillment of passion. They're working to make ends meet. They're working to pay bills. They're working to sustain themselves. If you don't have passion for what you're doing, it doesn't add anything with stress to your life. Yeah. So to hear the dying people regretted that, like a lot of dying people regretted that, I, hey, I'm all for you, you know, and I can assure you, and this shit might sound crazy, but if I did not have children, 
If I was a childless man, I most likely would be a beach bum or a hippie living out of a van, just driving around, doing odd jobs, maybe writing, creating stuff. You know, maybe I'd be rich because I like to create things. I also like to just spend time traveling around looking at shit, like beautiful things, you know, beautiful landscapes, beautiful places. I would like to enjoy this planet in that regard, which is another reason why I do this podcast. I love doing this. For those of you that want to dive deeper into why, just listen to some of my episodes. You'll understand why I do this and why I love doing it. Number eight. And I think we've all heard this one before, but it's so hard to implement into our lives. Number eight is, I wish I had cared less about what other people think. Yeah. Getting that, that reward, that acknowledgement, that pat on the back, right? Should we go through life saying, fuck what anybody thinks? Yes, yes, you should, but not in a disrespectful way. You know what I'm saying? Earn that person's respect if you value their opinion. But let them respect you. You know what I'm saying? Care less about what other people think about you and love your Self and let that shine through, and the people that are attracted to that love's light will be drawn to you and love you. You know what I'm saying? Number nine is what I touched on earlier. Um, and you know, working to your full potential. I wish I'd lived up to my potential, and I have this is a it's not a regret, but it's something that has truly happened in my life. Now, even though I, 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 I graduated high school at 15 because I skipped a grade. In high school, I was often told by several teachers, well, actually not told, was written on some of my work and report cards that I was not working to my full potential, that I was a lot smarter than the work that I was turning in. I concur. It's true. For a variety of factors that I will not go into today. But it's true. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. You know what I'm saying? I would have had a different life path had I not been lax in my high school years. And that's that's just a fact. An overachiever I was not. But there are some people on their deathbed while being interviewed about their regrets stated that they wished they had lived up to their full potential. Yeah, is that a regret of yours? Or any of these regrets of yours? And like I said, I'm sharing this with you because Maybe you can gain some insight from this. Maybe this will help you in some way. 
Number 10 of the 12 regrets of dying people. I wish I had faced my fears. Phobias are a thing, right? People that are scared of heights. People that are scared of closed spaces. Arachnophobia, which is a fear of spiders and arachnids. Fear is real. No doubt about that. Facing those fears takes courage, takes risks. And I, I once heard a saying that said, a coward dies a thousand deaths. A warrior dies but once. And I'm not saying you're necessarily a coward if you don't face your fears, but I guess I learned that early too, growing up in the inner city in New York and Harlem in the Bronx. I really, you know, sometimes your fears come running up to you. You know, they, they just, just present themselves without warning and you have to face them or you have to run. And after a while, get tired of running. Now, I've heard stories of fathers back in the day, I don't know if they still do it, that throw their young children into the deep end of the, the river or the creek or the pool or whatever body of water and sink or swim. Of course, they, they'll save them, probably. But that's a quick way to get a a young one swimming. I've heard it's effective nowadays. I don't know if there's anybody doing that because Child Protective Services will probably get involved if anybody sees you doing it. Your own kid may call them on you. You know, you can't, you can't discipline your kids. You can't, you know, scold them or, or corporal punishment. And I'm not talking abuse. I'm talking gluteus maximus accessifus. <laughs> and I just made that up. I'm talking about a couple of pats on that booty. Not with an extension cord or a wire hanger, none of that. I'm just saying that might be what the gluteus maximus was made for. You know, you can, you can smack that a couple times, no problem. They ain't breaking no bones, they ain't even leaving a bruise. Anyway, I digress, as usual. But facing your fears can make you live a great life. I have uh, another movie example, and that's um, Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox, the first one. I remember he was, uh, his dad was scared of Biff, right? And he would never confront him and he lived a wimpy life. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you might want to fast forward 15, 30 seconds. But at the end of the movie, Michael J. Fox had went back to the future. He came back and he set it up where his dad would fight back against Biff and it changed his whole life. Changed him from loser to successful. Just because he confronted Biff. He faced his fears. Very important. Number 11. I wish I'd stop chasing the wrong things. Hmm? Stop chasing the wrong things. Now, 
I'm not throwing no shade on nobody. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, this is about nobody in particular. But I know dudes that's still chasing the wrong things. I'm just going to put it like that. Now, that's just my opinion. It may be wrong for me. It may not be wrong for them. It's their life. They can do whatever fuck they want to do with it. Okay? So, but that is one of the regrets of the people that were interviewed that were on their deathbeds. They said they wish they'd stop chasing the wrong things. And before I get to number 12, which is not on the list, and I was surprised that this was not on the list, because it seems like the obvious thing. But it's not on this list. And that, that is, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. Or maybe it's just so generally acknowledged that they didn't put it on this list. Because Knock on wood, I hope I'm not close to death yet. You never know. It could happen any day. But I already wish I had more time. Because I want to see my kids, kids, kids. You know, but where do you stop? Where do you stop? We get maybe between 70 and 100 years. Hopefully, able mind, able body. When do you stop? You know, do you go past your great-grandchildren? If you're lucky, right? And then your, your great-great-great-grandchildren? Like, like, when do you, when would you want to kick the bucket? When would you want your life to expire? I'm really surprised that that wasn't on the list. Number 12 is I wish I'd lived more in the moment. In the moment. Not thinking about what could have been. Not thinking about what could can be. But live in that moment. And I tell my wife this and my son this. You know, I cherish each and every moment that we have. And maybe that's something you don't think about till you get older. You know, when you get closer to the end, you know, you start reflecting about your life and you start living more in that moment, you know, living in the moment, taking each moment and, and, and cherishing the time that you have. So I think we should all just take some time and you know, just revisit your business, your life, your work, your whatever you got going on. And think about what those dying people have said. And how can you, how can you learn from those things and make your life better? Something that has always been effective and there's studies about it and but something that's worked for me, and I'll know if you do this, and that's just writing or typing, you know, just journaling and, and kind of that's almost what this podcast is, really. 
It's a chronicle of my thoughts, a, a, a library, if you will, on my feelings about this subject or that subject or what's going on. One of the reasons why the pen is mightier than the sword is because it's lasting. You can, you can go back and look at it later. Think about all the things that are written that are hundreds and thousands of years old. That's like you speaking to everybody over time. Right? You can speak to somebody a hundred years from now through the words that you wrote down. Think about that. <laughs> I truly thank you for tuning into the Mike's Opinion Podcast every week. Again, like I said, I, I really enjoy doing this. We all have regrets. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? But those regrets that we have, we have to acknowledge them. And we have to do what we can to rectify them, if at all possible. And don't be afraid to, you know, to think about them and revisit them and to forgive yourself. You know, try to forgive yourself and become more humble and more thoughtful and whatever you need to do to better yourself. To learn from those things. And let go of the things that you can't change. You know, those things that we can't change that we wish we coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. Let that go. Let it go. If you can. So next week is going to be the year in review. I'm going to try to, to take the top things. We already know the elephant in the room was going to be there. But, um... I'm trying to find a bunch of stuff also happened. We still somehow continued to live as humans on Earth, which is great. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I think next week is probably it's, it's late enough in in the um, in the month to go ahead and, and drop that instead of waiting till that next week. I don't know. Maybe I might. I don't know. So either on the 15th or the 22nd. I'll go ahead and, and drop that, that year in review. But hey, as always, I think, I mean, I hope you are doing okay. I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're making it. Hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. And if you're not, find a pathway to get there. Right? I'm not going to say no regrets. But learn and live with those regrets. And don't let them eat you away. I'm Mike, and this is the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed. Unleashed.